All right, we're back. Let's talk about the big news of the day. The Giants are in the World Series. No, just kidding. That may be big news to starved San Francisco Giants fans, but uh, we're not going to talk about that today. Except to note that we wish the boys well in their battle with the evil team from Texas. Of course, that's unfair. Just because something's from Texas doesn't make it evil. By the way, that opinion, like all the opinions heard on this program, do not necessarily reflect those of KDVS, our sponsors, or the Regents of the University of California, all of whom I believe to be Giants fans, however. No, we got to talk elections for at least 15 minutes. It is election day on November 2nd, and some of our, uh, our issues and candidates here in California have attracted worldwide attention. Let's start with Prop 19. California voters are giving the option to render cannabis legal in California. This, of course, comes with the problem that it's, there are also federal laws against it. Let's back into this proposition by quoting from uh, Jacob Sullum in Reason.com. As he mentioned on last week's program, the U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder was making some noise about how important it was that we keep cannabis illegal and the federal government would, would do its part to enforce the laws on the books. Jacob Sullum wrote, Before Californians start trembling with fear, they should know that Holder is bluffing. The federal government accounts for fewer than 1% of marijuana arrests in the United States. The Drug Enforcement Administration has only 5,500 special agents nationwide, compared with 70,000 local police officers in California. Obviously, the feds don't have the resources or the political will to bust tens of thousands of average citizens growing weed in their backyard gardens. If Californians choose legalization, good luck to Holder in turning back the clock. Well said, Mr. Sullum. I'm aware of the fact that there are some arguments from uh, potheads, as it were, as to why Prop 19 should be voted uh, against, but I took a look at their arguments and uh, I remain unconvinced. Looking at what's written in the official California General Election Guide, the argument against 19 is, as the Sacramento Bee, I think, described it, it's otherworldly. Although it's weird that everyone in, quote, law enforcement, unquote, seems to be lined up against this initiative. Now, some of the arguments being offered against it are that people like Monsanto are itching to get their hands into the uh, marijuana uh, growing that is so lucrative in America. But I think that's going to be an issue no matter how it is, uh, it is legalized. So I don't think that's something that falls on Prop 19. The argument against it says that Prop 19 fails to provide the Highway Patrol with any tests or objective standards for determining what constitutes driving under the influence. Well, duh. Whether Prop 19 passes or doesn't, that's still the case. The medical reality is that a test for marijuana gives you a yay or nay. It doesn't quantify it. It doesn't give you any idea how recently it's been smoked, which is why so many, I think, uh, employers send people out for drug tests because they're required to do so by their insurance. If you test positive for cannabis, the insurance company may be off the hook on, on workman's comp or, I guess, for otherwise uh, you know, compensating the, the employer. And uh, I'm no lawyer, but as far as, I'm, far as I know, driving under the influence applies to anything from Benadryl to cough syrup to what have you. You can't drive impaired, and I'm sure that, uh, you know, that there's a great leeway in police officers being able to make that judgment, as there should be. There's not, there are not drug tests for everything under the sun that might impair your ability to drive. As far as I understand, technically, if you haven't slept for 36 hours and you're driving erratically, that's also illegal. There's no test for that either. 
Fourth thing is really interesting are these mailers, which I'm sure that you have received, as have I, dear listener, telling you uh, how you need to vote on these things. That's a whole other uh, uh, can of worms we need to address. Uh, Dan Walters wrote a column about this that's quite interesting, which we should quote from. Notes Dan Walters, most of these uh, flyers sent, including the California Voter Guide, are purely commercial operations and something of a political con game. Political office seekers and pro and con sides of ballot measures pay, often very steeply, for the, quote, recommendations, unquote, on slate mailers. Why? Because they have some effect on the decisions of unsophisticated voters. Or in some cases, because slate mailer operators imply that unless someone pays, the mailer will endorse the opposing candidate or side for free. Extortion? Question mark. Slate mailer firms are free to put anyone they wish for any reason on their junk mail. When he mentions voter guide, it doesn't mean the official thing set out by the state, of course. But there's something the legislature needs to get involved in reforming, wouldn't you say? Chris, I would note that as I'm speaking, I've got one in my hand right now, mailed from Irvine, California. I would just say as a general principle, anything mailed to you from Irvine, California could be and should be discounted. Having lived down there for four years, I got to say that I think that uh, Irvine has got to be the junk mail capital of America. But I do want to thank Stuart Leavenworth of the Sacramento Bee for noting the, uh, the endorsements from the different newspapers across uh, California. Rather striking that, uh, that uh, papers that operate in, um, I guess you'd say, bastions of uh, Caucasianism, i.e. big-time Republican uh, voting areas, seem to endorse Meg Whitman. What really struck me was that on the marijuana initiative, every single paper in California recommends you vote no, with the exception of the Orange County Register, which took no position. The other one that really struck me was Prop 20, an effort to move the redistricting uh, out of the hands of the legislators and thus stop the fox from guarding the hen house. Every single paper in California thinks we should vote yes on this, with two exceptions, the Sacramento Bee and the Sacramento News and Review. I think that reflects some hometown uh, lobbying by legislative-type uh, folks. Turns out both the Bee and the Sacramento News and Review, which was not part of the summary included in the Bee, by the way, said they weren't sure about this fledgling redistricting commission, which hasn't yet proved itself. Well, yeah, that's because <laughs> the legislature's dragging its feet, and everyone's doing their part to, uh, to slow the whole process. What Prop 20 would do was extend this into the U.S. congressional uh, districts uh, as, in addition to state offices. I think it's a good idea. There's another redistricting prop- proposition, number 27, which is an effort to torpedo uh, this effort by citizens to uh, stop the gerrymandering. Every single newspaper in California suggests you vote no on that, which sounds sensible enough to me. Another one that's generated national attention is Prop 23, A couple of Texas oil companies, Tesoro and Valero, are trying to stop AB32, which has some greenhouse gas uh, emissions um, provisions. Oil companies don't like it, and they're trying to argue that unless our our unemployment rate drops to like 5%, this shouldn't be implemented. Well, as Governor Schwarzenegger points out, we haven't had uh, unemployment rates that low in years. There's a couple ballot proposals, 25 and 26, which has to do with the two-thirds majority that's required to raise the taxes and pass a budget in California. Prop 25 would suggest that we can pass a budget with a simple majority rather than having to get a two-thirds majority. Sounds like a reasonable idea, but I was swayed by the argument I heard, however, on Capital Public Radio that suggests, well, yeah, the budget process involves all these backroom deals, 
If you make it a simple majority, all the backroom deals will be done by one party alone. One business spokesman noted that uh, although this would identify who was getting a, uh, a budget passed, that wasn't necessarily an advantage. The guy's metaphor was that just because now you can identify the bus driver who's driving the bus off the cliff doesn't mean that driving the bus off the cliff is a good thing. Curious to note that when it comes to newspaper endorsements, this one seems to break party lines. The conservative Contra Costa Times and the liberal San Francisco Chronicle, along with the Mercury in San Jose, say we should vote yes. A pro-business group wants to, on, on Prop 26, require a two-thirds vote to raise fees, considering fees to be a form of taxation, which is a bit of sleight of hand being played by uh, the legislature. Slapping a new tax on you and calling it a fee. To be honest, I'm not quite sure what to think about this one. Anyway, in going over this, I certainly don't want to tell you what you should do, dear listener, but I can tell you what I'm going to do which is I'm going to vote yes on the Cannabis Initiative, number 19, yes on the Redistricting Initiative, 20, no on 27, no on 23, and the rest, boy, I'm still not quite sure. Don't you hate it when you walk in the voter booth and more or less flip a coin? No, seriously, we encourage you to study the issues and try to make up your mind on this. It's just a shame that all these mailers and all the fact that the uh, corporations are now being considered to be people and can mail out all these uh, deceptive voter guides very bad thing. All right, let's talk about candidates briefly for a few minutes anyway. And well, I don't have any strong opinions on most of the candidates. As far as I can see it, uh, the biggest issue in California that may be affected by who's governor would be this matter of sending more water south to Southern California water interests through a peripheral canal. And both Brown and Whitman seem to be for it. Although based on his past history, uh, Jerry Brown's habit of changing his mind and waffling on issues uh, uh, Maybe an advantage in this, because we know what Meg Whitman's going to do. And I think I'll be as curious as you, dear listener, to see whether the Tea Party movement uh, changes the, uh, the game across the country. We haven't talked much about Christine O'Donnell. We'll see whether she gets elected. Maybe we'll talk about her some more. Yeah, I'd like to know whether Alvin Green, the candidate being put up by the Republican Party, how well he's going to do against Jim DeMint in South Carolina. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to do about as well as the Confederate Army did against General Sherman. I know I'm not going to vote for is Gavin Newsom. Pretty boy, San Francisco mayor, doesn't have too much to say, blows with the wind. I have not forgiven Gavin Newsom for his, uh, his bad timing in 2004 when, as the election was coming to a head between George W. Bush and John Kerry, Gavin Newsom decided that was the time to have gay couples get married on the steps of City Hall in San Francisco. And I know the vast majority of listeners are quite supportive of, of these efforts along this line. But I got to tell you, that's bad timing in the course of a national election. That may have swung enough votes for the GOP to steal the election again, which, of course, they did. Personally, I wouldn't vote for Gavin Newsom for state office any more than I'd vote for George W. Bush, who, sad to say, he reminds me of. But regarding our governor's race, there was a funny moment where Meg Whitman had a thing or two to say about Fresno, which I think caused some problems. As a general rule, politicians uh, seldom slam cities in the state in which they're running. We thought we needed to talk to somebody in Fresno about this. Jeff Shinoda is going to, 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 to join us to talk about uh, what Meg Whitman said, which I need to get clarified, I think, and, and his reaction to it. Welcome to Radio Parallax, Jeff. Thank you, Doug. What is it Meg Whitman said? She said Fresno was an awful place? No, I think she made the, the, the comparison of, uh, uh, she said, uh, it's just God right awful, um, <laughs> like Detroit, if I remember correctly. 
something about Detroit. Hmm. He was comparing it to Detroit. I don't. That didn't. Um, and I guess it didn't go over so well. No, I don't think it went over so well. But in all fairness to to, to Meg, um, you know, it might have been a faux pas how she said it, but I think what she was really trying to say was from an economic standpoint, not necessarily the way Fresno itself looks. Yeah. There's no way we, we look like a, a Detroit rundown, you know, area. I, you, you've been to the area. You've seen it. Yeah, and I've seen okay, Detroit, so too. It's not a good comparison, no. <laughs> it is not a comparison. But in, in, in her defense, where I will agree with her, when you're really looking at the area from, let's look at California, and if you look into the Central Valley and specifically Fresno, you know, we've got a high unemployment rate. And... From that standpoint, you know, from the economy, it's tough. You know, I, I got to admit, a lot of a lot of people, you know, have are unemployed. You've got you know, Fresno County is like that, Madera County. You've got surrounding uh, cities like Sanger at like, you know, 35 percent uh, unemployment, Mendota at 45 percent. You know, that's awful. In echoing what she said, I will agree that part is awful. By the way, why, why are you guys being hit so hard down there? Well, why is it so why is it so bad in that area? Part of it you have to realize is, in, like when I talk about some of those cities like Mendota, it's an agricultural area. For example, with the problem with the water rights where they weren't allowing farmers to have water, no water equals no farming, no farming equals no jobs. Yeah, Jeff, that's an right. issue. The whole water issue we'll have to talk about again. We have, you know, we ought to have some Fresno representatives for that as well because I know that uh, water transfers down there kind of keep you guys going, and that's kind of a huge issue. It's a very huge issue, especially for the, 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 the West Side farmers. But now getting back, back on track as far as defending Fresno, <laughs> you know, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful city. It is not the armpit of the valley, like Bakersfield. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my beef about Fresno used to be if you tried to drive across the town, it's, there, was, there wasn't a freeway, and it seemed to take you forever because 99 just clips the very western end of the town. But you guys put Highway 41 in there now, and it's, it's a real game changer. Yes, it is. You take 41, and, and you get to the north side of town, and it, it, it's a totally different area. It does not look anything like where the 99 clips by. Yes, that does look run down. I'm not going to deny that. But that's just one part. Every city has that, quote-unquote, part that looks bad. Well, i got to say, last time I was down there, uh, maybe the time before, it was a beautiful day, and you could see the crest of the Sierras, and, and i and I got to say, it was quite breathtaking. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right, Jeff, if we got 30 seconds, uh, what would you tell people about, about your area in a positive light? In a positive light. Come on down. Great place to live. Great place to raise your family. About uh, 45 minutes to the gateway of Yosemite. We are about 45 minutes to an hour from to uh, the, the Sequoia National Park, the Kings Canyon. We've got uh, Fresno Grizzlies. Hey, you know, look at, look at the farm team for the uh, San Francisco Giants. Uh, just a lot going on that you can just enjoy this city. All right. Radio Parallax will second the motion and note that we are officially pro-Fresno. Jeff Shinoda, thanks so much for speaking with us. and You've now been designated our Fresno correspondent. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. We again encourage you to study the ballot propositions and look over the candidates and hold your nose and step in the voting booth. Let's take a short break. I'm Douglas Everett. You're listening to Radio Parallax. Don't go away. We have a fascinating talk with David Keene about his discoveries regarding that remarkable 1905, or is it 1906, film on Market Street in San Francisco.